Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring, fascinating women who are navigating aging with class and sass. I'm your host, Nicole Christina. Hey everyone, I am so grateful for all of the downloads, and I'd love a rating on iTunes and a comment. And please subscribe. It helps the show's rating so other people can find it and learn how to age well. And if you are loving the podcast, why not check out the companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. You can access it through my website, NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging. It's based on the Harvard Study of Adult Development, and I'm really proud of how it's turned out. Well, I've got my coffee in my hand and my trusty dog Sparky beside me, so let's begin. Today we have Carrie Thomas, whose career began as a special education teacher, but she eventually left that career to complete a rigorous training program to become a certified productive environment specialist. And then she made the decision to launch a business as a professional organizer. Carrie uses this training to help her clients create and maintain systems that address their individual issues. And she specializes in small business owners with ADD and believes that anyone can have a productive environment. Carrie spoke at the inaugural TEDx Ashburn event in April 2017 on the cause, effects, and the solutions of all types of clutter. And we'll be talking about these the physical, digital, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you because. I have a personal interest in decluttering, but uh, when we spoke before, it sounds like you have um, sort of a standard view, but you also add in all of these extra aspects that I hope we get to talk to today. Yes, correct. Great. I'm excited. Can you just start off and, and talk a little bit about why clutter is so bad and why it's important to address it in the first place. Okay, sure. Um, As you mentioned, clutter is not just stuff. I want to make that clear before I answer the, the meat of your question. It is anything that stops us from living the life we were meant to live. So clutter can take many forms. As you mentioned, it can be physical. That is the stuff that clogs our home and, you know, falls out of the closet when we try to open the door and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Can't can't park the cars in the garage, that type of stuff. Um, Digital can be, you know, what's on your computer. You can't find emails, can't find files, that type of thing. Mental, emotional, and spiritual we'll get into in detail a little bit later. But I just wanted to emphasize that as we talk about clutter today, it's not just you know, a messy pantry, as people mm-hmm. might think of clutter. But the reason it's it's so important to address is, as I mentioned, it's 
it can stop you from living the life that you're meant to live. So when you feel clogged in any aspect of your life, whether it's in your home or in your hopes and dreams or in your business, you're not performing your best. You're not performing up to your potential. Um, you get paralyzed. I mentioned that in my talk. People use words. Um, they use the word paralyzed all the time. They use the word overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, they use the word isolated. Even you know, if if physical clutter becomes a big issue, people don't have friends or family over. Um, they become. Um, they feel like a failure if their clutter is in their business and in their business processes and they have no time to spend with family, they start to feel like a failure. Their business isn't running the way it should be and they're not feeling like they're performing the way they should in their family. So I have this image of this like insidious <laughs> process yes. that sneaks up on us slowly and before we know it, we're like buried. Yes. Yes, buried, literally and figuratively, but um, yes, buried, overwhelmed, all of those words. Yes. And we, I, we always say um, in, in my personal business and also in the program that I trained that um, you want to be able to accomplish your work and enjoy your life. Both components are equally important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that the idea that clutter really is an obstacle, can be an obstacle to both of those. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And in our society, it's become a problem because it's almost become a badge of honor when people say, well, how are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm so, I'm so busy. I have so much to do, so bogged down. It's almost, like I said, it's become a badge of honor and it's really not. And um, that just makes people feel more isolated and ashamed that they're not accomplishing what they think they should be doing or what they think their friends and neighbors are doing. But too many people, it, it's all a facade. They feel the same way. Mm -hmm. You use the word overwhelmed and, mm -hmm. um, and, and the chaos and all that. And it seems to me that, that is, those words are so prevalent these days. You know, I'll have clients that'll just come in and say, I'm just so overwhelmed. Do you have a thought about why people are so overwhelmed and and things are so cluttered um, more recently, or has it just been that we're talking about it more? I think both. I think we we are talking about it. it it's become a buzzword. You know, every magazine has the word clutter on the cover. They figured out that people, if they put clutter or the word organize on the cover of a magazine, it will sell more. And so it has become more top of mind in recent years. Um, but I think we also, we also, as life takes on a faster pace, mm -hmm it's harder to keep up and we don't take the time to declutter whether mm -hmm. so it's we don't have the time just to do the basic mm -hmm. sorting and processing right yeah boy you know i i can't tell you how many times i've said to moms especially new moms this is a fallacy that you can work full-time be a full-time <laughs> mom and 
have a healthy dinner on the table and you know it just yeah. everyone's running around chasing yeah, you might tail. be able to pull it off every once in a while and feel really great like look at me <laughs> but speaking of that speaking of the new moms i i do when i when i speak to groups and especially where there are younger moms in the audience i do tell people that that the level of organization that's going to feel right for you it's going to ebb and flow throughout your life um, when you have lots of little kids running around, organization might just mean that people can walk through your house without sustaining an injury. <laughs> Stepping on a Lego with their bare yes. foot. Yes. And then, you know, when you're older, organization might mean that you have a fabulous craft room that you never had the time or the space to have before. So it's definitely going to ebb and flow. And I think people, even when they know that they need help and they call in a professional organizer, they think that their home should or will end up looking like a magazine. And let's face it, those are staged pictures. Mm -hmm. I do know a few people that live in homes like that because that is a huge priority to them. And they do um, across the board have older children or grown children, mm -hmm. but it's very, very rare. And it's really, it's just for your sanity. Organizing is, you know, whatever makes you comfortable and helps you do those two things, accomplish your work and enjoy your life. I always give the example that when my boys were younger, they had really nice laundry baskets, whisker bas wicker baskets with a little lid. And um, first thing we did to help with my sanity is we got rid of the lids because mm -hmm. that was a step that two young boys were not willing to take was to take off the lid and put things in the basket. I see. The second thing we did for my sanity was we stopped, um, we stopped putting socks together when they came out of the dryer. We got one big basket and everyone's athletic socks went in that basket and they knew where it was and that's where they went to get their socks. It's and match as you <laughs> match as you go. Yes. Yes. And some people might think that's horrible and oh, that shouldn't be coming out of the mouth of an organizer. But you know what? It worked. All the socks were in one place. They weren't on the floor and it helped my sanity, which is it's the key, really. I love that being flexible and sort of mm -hmm. seeing what and, you know, I'm sure you've been asked this many times, Carrie, but I really am curious you know, you were a special ed teacher, which requires so much patience and empathy and a really a special type of person. When did you realize you wanted to um, take this training to become a certified productive environment specialist? How did that evolve? Well, that's a good question. Um, so when I was teaching, I absolutely loved it. Um, I I loved my students. I loved what I was doing. We moved around quite a bit during that time and when my children were little. And so in one of the moves, we took the opportunity to buy a less expensive house and made the decision that I would stay home with the boys for a while. And so I did that. And then I was you know, itching to get back and give back, I guess, in some way that was in the paid sector. And so I was debating what to do, whether to go back to teaching, et cetera. And I had a friend who had become a professional organizer. And when I found this out, I, I, re, I vividly remember that aha moment, like light bulbs, fireworks, <laughs> because I've always had 
an aptitude for that. And I've always loved it. I did. I mean, even when I was teaching, I absolutely loved organizing my classroom and loved color coding things. And <laughs> so, and I used to play library when I was a little girl, that type of thing. So, so I started off and, and started organizing and then quickly realized that I was very good at the processes and systems and the paper and digital side of things. And so that's when I went back and got the additional training and certification. What um, kind of skills does one need to go into someone's home that is overwhelmed and might be embarrassed about their, you know, their clutter? What kind of skills do you draw on? That's a good question. And I think I think my business has the two aspects have different skills. When I go into you know a business setting, it's very different. But to answer your question on the residential side and the more personal side, I think the number one thing is no judgment. You know, people need to know that there's absolutely no judgment on my part. You need to have empathy. You need to have a good sense of humor and put people at ease, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think what what comes from my background in special education the most isn't necessarily the patients and things like that, because I think those are innate. Either you have those or you don't. But I think what comes from my previous career the most is the ability to break things down into small, easily understandable pieces. Mm-hmm. So... For example, on both ends, when people are telling me about the problem or showing me the problem, I can easily categorize and break it down and say, okay, these are the parts. These are the the steps that we need to take. And then on the flip side, when we're working through the project, I can help people say, no, this is where we start. And this is what we're going to do next. And we're going to do each little step. And I think in special education, that is definitely a skill that those teachers have and that I developed because the students, you know, for the most part, you're not going to go in and just throw huge new concepts. Right. Many of them are capable of learning those same concepts, but it has to come in small, easily understandable chunks. And so I think that is actually the skill that translates the most to what I do now. That makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, I did uh, make a mention earlier uh, in your introduction that you have your own special way to do this. We certainly know about decluttering. We know about Maria Kondo. Even some people know about gentle art of death cleaning. Am I getting Mm -hmm. that right? (laughs) But you bring a really personal... piece to this. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure, definitely. So I approach every organizing job from from a coaching perspective. First of all, I don't want to just go in and clean up. That is not what I do. I would have never gotten into this job if I was just cleaning things up. That would give me no satisfaction. I want people to have lasting change. And so what we do is we go through a five-step process. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this is just verbal as we're working through things. Some people, this is actually a written process that they you know, brainstorm and we go back and forth. Uh, it varies according to client. Every client is very individualized. But the first step is to state your vision. Some people 
need to state a whole vision for their whole business or their whole home or their whole office. Some people need to do that and then also need to state a vision for each component, like, you know, how, how my mail is going to flow and how I'm going to answer email every day or how my laundry processes are going to work. You know, what a, so you state your vision of what you want it to look like, ideal. People always hesitate on this. They're like, oh, like they, they think it would never work. And so I say, don't worry. Don't worry about how we're going to get there in a perfect world, what would this all look like? Mm -hmm. And so that's step one, is to state your vision. And I'll, I'll use an example of a closet. Some people just want to, to find their clothing. They just want stuff not on the floor, mm -hmm. find their clothing. Other people want what I jokingly call a destination closet. <laughs> they want matching hangers they want uh, even a, a chandelier hanging in the middle yes oh, i've seen wow. that they want you know they want pretty labels they they wanted they want to walk in their closet and feel good they want it to be a destination and so those type of things would be your vision the second one is to identify your obstacles a huge one that always comes up every time is time i don't have time to do this um, money is sometimes if they do have a vision of you know, beautifully organized office with everything matching from the highest end store, they might not be able to accomplish that right away. Mm -hmm. An obstacle that I hear a lot is unwilling or, um, I, I don't know the proper word, but basically family members who are in their mind getting in their way or messing up their plan of how things should be and how things should work. So identifying all the obstacles that people can think of. And then the third one is to commit your resources. Do you have the money to hire an expert, whether someone to build build built-ins or, you know, do you have the money to buy these things or do you have a friend that can help you? Um, everybody has some time that they can carve out of their schedule. I always tell people if you have, you know, an hour to watch TV, then you can have 30 minutes to DVR it, fast forward, and the other 30 minutes to organize or take the whole, or even better, take the whole hour. Um, so committing the resources, you know, the, the time, the energy, the money, that type of thing. Number four is the big one, design and execute your plan. And so we talk about what are we gonna do first, what's the most important, prioritize, and then carrying it out. And so, for some clients, this could be very simple, could be one day, could be you know half a day. Some people, this could take months to carry out and execute the plan. That's, again, it varies person to person. And then the last one is sustain your success. And that's what I, circling back to the very beginning, that's what's most important to me. I don't want to make things pretty, get your inbox down to zero, and then walk away and have it all revert back to how it was. Mm -hmm. So in this step, we talk about, well, we, we're talking about this as we go, but we talk about why things got the way they were. And then we outline what can you do to maintain, whether it's a quarterly review or five minutes at the end of every day to pick up before bed. Um, it's going to vary person to person and once again very different on whether it's a business or a residential client but that last one of sustaining your success is probably the most important to me mm -hmm. um, you know to keep to keep them going and to make a lasting change right it reminds me of 
people doing these New Year's resolutions, you know, and then doing it big and whatever the resolution may be, going to the gym or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then it trails off and there's no system to get back on the you know, on the wagon, right. so to speak. Right. Yep. One cool. thing that I, that I forgot to mention for that last one that works with a lot of people is an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's someone in your business or just a good friend or even a formalized coaching group, whatever works, but accountability partners are very helpful. Mm-hmm. Hello, Zestful Agers. Just a short intermission to thank you for the incredible amount of downloads I love creating this podcast, and it's so satisfying to know that you are enjoying it too. Creating and hosting Zestful Aging has been a blast, but it does require time and resources to deliver a new interview to you every week. So I've signed up with Patreon, which is kind of like Kickstarter, but for ongoing artistic projects. Unlike Kickstarter, the donations are recurrent and the amount is usually smaller. When you become a patron of Zestful Aging, you will receive special benefits like behind-the-scenes info, a place to communicate with other listeners, as well as other bonuses. You can donate for each podcast. The amount is totally up to you. The funds will be used to hire a professional editor and make equipment upgrades and travel to interview guests, like to New York City, to interview participants in the Diversity Fashion Show, created by Katherine Schuler, a guest we will have on the show in a few weeks. So join my exclusive community go to patreon.com forward slash zestful aging and thank you for contributing to the ongoing success of zestful aging. Now back to our interview. Yeah, for sure. And you also bring in some spirituality. Am I right about that? I I do. And once again, not with everyone. Some people that would not that would not um, interest them or be useful in their situation. But when people are open to it, I think that is definitely something that sets me apart is that it's going to be a part of me, whether we talk about it or do something overt or, or not. And when people are willing, it's definitely an added component that can help them go through the process. So what might that look like? Well, that's a good question. I've had clients that they freely talk about, you know, spirituality or their faith or things like that. And so they actually, you know, bring that component into it. And so in that, in that case, I've actually, you know, prayed with clients, we've listened to uplifting music, you know, that type of thing. But then on, on the flip side, um, some people, especially I've worked with two clients who've had a death in the family. And this is one of them is actually what got me started down this path because I've always had pretty good intuition and um, I can feel energy somewhat in a space. And, but I never 
studied about it. I never, I never did anything with it, I guess. But I had one client who they had had a death in the family and he actually asked me, well, you know, we feel like it's just stagnant in here and just low, bad energy and it's stuck. And, and he, he asked me, do you know what we can do about it? And at that point, my answer was no, I don't, but let me find out. <laughs> and so I started doing a little research and started, you know, learning about the, the most simple things like, you, you know, using sage in a space or putting um, a fountain with running water in that room where they were feeling that all the way to, um, you know, you can use essential oils or scents or sound, um, things like that. And so it was actually from a client that I started learning about those types of things as far as energy and energy flow. I'm definitely, I've always been a spiritual person and I always, you know, I always pray before each client and, you know, ask that I be of the highest service to them. And it's interesting because I'm stumbling over my words, but I definitely appreciate the question because I think for so many people in so many fields, it's taboo to talk about, you know, your faith or your spirituality. And I think in so many businesses and in so many services like mine, it can add an extra layer and it can help the process come together um, in a more impactful way for the client. It's interesting <laughs> that you say that because certainly as a new um, clinical social worker, a new therapist, mm -hmm. you don't often have the confidence to just say, I'm going to ask this question, even though <laughs> it's not kind of a non sequitur, yeah. you know, you kind of in your head, you're like, okay, I have to make sure I ask this and that. And you go through this mental list. But I've been doing this for about 25 years. And I found that if a question comes to me that seems a little odd, I need to ask it. And um, I have been just so surprised that those seem to be the questions that, you know, get at something I never would have understood had I for, mm -hmm. you know, just followed the usual format. It just sort of comes out at it. Like I had an example, I was talking to a client and just had this sort of impulse to say, what does your sister think about that? And it just, that's oh, not wow. a, a question I normally, you know, would ask in mm -hmm. that particular time. And it just was a treasure trove. Um, and who knows, you know, wow. are you picking something up unconsciously? But I can really see what you're saying that there may be this whole other realm of knowing that maybe we can't put our finger on it, but it's very important. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, you said, you know, 25 years, you, you might not have asked that in the past and probably five, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to answer that, or I would have broken out in a cold sweat or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it's interesting how people evolve, but um, I think that the component that those types of things addresses is present in about 80% of my clients. Mm -hmm. There there are clients, especially business clients that just, you know, they they need something done and they need it done in a timely manner and you know, there's there's nothing wrong, you know, so to speak in their business or their lives. They just recognize that a professional can help them get things done better. But in about 80% of my clients, there's some type of 
background story, whether it's a, a prolonged illness or a death, as I mentioned, or depression or um, a, a sudden move or that there's always not always, as I said, about 80% of the time, there's, there's a reason there. And I think when people are ready to talk about that reason and address that reason, using every tool available to you only makes things better. Do you find yourself when you're talking to people who clearly have something like this, like a grief kind of reaction, mm -hmm. do you find yourself saying, you know, you might want to consider talking to your religious leader or a clinical person? I mean, is that something, do you refer out, so to speak? Um, I, I'm very careful. I'm very, very careful because I, I recognize that for most people, to even call me was a huge step. And some people from when they actually first contact me to when we start working together, it can drag out because they keep changing their mind or stepping back or second guessing. And I mean, I, I have had many people call me in tears. And so I'm very careful. I get to know them first. I do start off by recommending sort of more simple things, uh, journaling, um, just meditating if they're, or I don't even necessarily call it meditating if I don't think that they'll respond to that. I just say like, take some time and get out in nature and just relax, that type of thing. I've really only referred to a specific practitioner once, but it, things come up in conversation a lot. And I always, it, luckily now that I've been in business for over 10 years, I have a lot of success stories and I can say, well, in this situation, this person did this. And mm -hmm. so um, it, I can give examples of success in the past. Yeah, it's, you know, what, what I'm understanding is that it, in your work, oftentimes the clutter is a symptom of a larger problem. It is. Yes, right. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it like to be doing this work with people? How is it for you to sit and, and know that there's more to it than just, you know, too many newspapers and, right. you know, too many shoes? <laughs> Actually, for those types of clients, as I mentioned, they're not all like that. I don't want my, you know, all my clients listening to this and thinking, oh, what does she think of me? But, <laughs> yeah. but, but for, those, the, for those people that that's what led them to this point, it is honestly a huge honor for me. And I actually did a short little video on social media about this just the other day, but I, I was getting emotional. I mean, it's actually a big honor for them to trust me and have me into their homes, especially when it's paperwork and you're seeing, you know, things that their own family doesn't even know about. Or, um, you know, when I've had clients who haven't slept on their bed in literally years because it's covered and and they're wow. wanting they're wanting to make that change and and I do, I get humbled and I get honored that that they whatever brought them to this point that they are that they have the strength to now say okay enough and I'm changing this and I'm getting help and I'm always in awe honestly it, it's I, I absolutely love what I do. I don't know. You could probably tell by the way I'm talking right now, but I, I think it is, it is, it's humbling and yet to see when people decide to make that change.
Because it's it's such a big change. It's not just neatening up. It sounds like you're you're co- coaching them or helping them make what could potentially be a major transformation. Yes, and that's what I enjoy. There are plenty of professional organizers who are really, really good and make a fabulous living out of making things look like magazines. And I, I follow quite a few of them on social media and I'm always ooing and aahing, but that that's not the path that I wanted to personally go down. I truly, truly enjoy helping that sector of the population that that um, got to a point of overwhelm and feeling paralyzed because of something and they're ready to change. Well, it sounds like you it's had a transformative effect on you as it well has. doing this work. Yeah. It, it has. What's your vision for your business at this point? I Honestly, it's interesting that you asked me that because every time I work with you know, my business coach or um, you know other other mentors, I I get a lot of should in my head. Like I should just focus on the business side of things. I should narrow down my target market. <laughs> um, but I then an interview like this will come along and make me realize, wow, I really am passionate about this other side. And so I don't think I will ever get away from having a two-pronged business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like both. And so I think I will keep doing that. In the future, I've been speaking quite a bit. I've, I, it goes back to the teaching, I guess. I love teaching workshops. I love speaking in front of groups, whether it's just a quick, you know, 10-minute spotlight all the way, you know, through a whole day event. Uh, I would like to promote and do more of that. I really, I get, it's the biggest high that I get, honestly, Mm -hmm. is when I speak. I also am doing something interesting. I don't even think I mentioned this to you when we, when we did our intro talk, but I, after I did my TED talk, I was asked by some of the local promoters to help some of the other speakers. And so I did that a few times. And then I was asked by a group in Texas to talk to some of their speakers and do some coaching. And I did that a few times. And so I have decided to actually add that as a service in my business and do um, TEDx speaker coaching, whether it's people who already are slotted to speak and they just want to improve their delivery, improve their talk all the way, you know, down to someone who just has the seed of an idea and, I think I want to be on a TED stage someday. How do I get there? So uh, that is a very new and exciting thing that I am adding to my business at this point. I can see that there is a little overlap, maybe. You are probably, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're probably helping them declutter their message. So it's very clear and simple. And there's a breakdown of here's my message. This is what I want to leave you with. And I can see you kind of uh, doing some similar things, you know, keeping people company through the anxiety and the process (laughs) and cheering them on. I imagine there's some overlap here. Yes, there is. It's funny that you noticed that because it it seems disconnected, but it's really not. It's really the same process and the same skill set on my part. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds, it's, you know, it's so obvious when your excitement, you know, when you talk <laughs> about the things, you, you just uh, sound so excited. Um, anything you'd like to leave our listeners in terms of where to start? I know, and I'm sure you've heard this so many times, but it's, it's so overwhelming. You know, you look mm-hmm. in your garage, you look in your basement, and you just kind of, well, maybe other people don't, but <laughs> I feel like I just slam the door and, and, and run away. It's too much. Is there some advice that you can give our listeners on how to begin doing some decluttering and sorting through to make way for some space so they can actually think more clearly. Yes, yes. Um, And actually three things popped into my head. So I'll just go over them really, really quickly. Um, The first thing is just referring back to what I already said. And that is to remember that it's going to ebb and flow, that it's for you. It's for your sanity. There's no um, there shouldn't be judgment, outside judgment. So when you make a decision, you know, I, I want to do this because it will make life easier. Um, do it for you. So that's number one. The second thing is you, you mentioned the New Year's resolutions. Don't, if you're that type of person that's rare and if that's going to work for you to make a huge declaration and change, then go for it. But most people, that's not going to work. Most people, it's easier if they make a tiny one degree shift, mm-hmm. one tiny thing different than they did yesterday or last week. Um, and it's just think of the new you, think of where you want to be and take baby steps to get there. Mm-hmm. I've had people have great success. I mentioned that I do a, a coaching process. And one thing that I do is have them think like it, when you're stating your vision, envision five, 10 years from now, what do you want your life to look at? And as you go through your things, this is a little bit of the Marie Kondo-ish, but as you go through your things, ask yourself, does that fit in my five to 10 year life? Like in my you know, picture perfect life that I'm envisioning, do I want this dress with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it helps you make easier decisions. Um, but basically just do, start doing small things, tiny things. Like I, I tell all my clients, when you get the mail, don't bring it inside. Don't bring it in your house. Don't bring it in your office. Stop by the recycling bin or, the, you know, if you can't recycle, stop by the trash bin, but hopefully recycling first. Don't, oh. bring, don't bring junk mail in the house. Oh. Only bring in mail that actually needs to be addressed. Even leave the envelopes in the recycling bin. That's a tiny one degree shift that is going to make a difference because there's a saying, you know, today's mail is tomorrow's pile and piles and it just grows and grows and grows so that's an example but basically i think when people want to start just make a make a make a small shift think of baby steps yeah do you ever i mean this is a much broader um idea but there is of course this belief and i think it's very common that the more stuff you have, the happier you're going to be. So if one purse is good, 10 is better. Um, and certainly we live in, you know, uh, a society that really pushes that. Do you ever get into some of those fallacies about buying and consumerism or is oh, that, yeah. yeah, you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have had clients that that is, 
that is the core of their problem is a shopping addiction. And so I am not trained to handle that, but I can make the point and bring it up and make them aware of it. But we do, we do talk about that. And I talk about, um, you know, the 80, 20 rule, we only use, you know, 20% of what we own. And, you know, there's lots of variations on that 80, 20 rule that I go into. And as I talk about it with them, people are like, Oh yeah, you're right. You know, I, I don't use this and I don't use that, but um, I do just try to keep bringing up how more, doesn't necessarily mean happiness. In a lot of cases, more just means more overwhelm. Yeah. I can imagine that that might be a tough one to sell to someone who's never considered that because we're so mm -hmm. inundated with buy, buy this and yeah. you'll be a better person and so on and so forth. What I, what I do since I'm, since I'm not trained in that arena and I don't always feel comfortable, one thing that I do that is effective is I will just ask them to make me a promise that while we're working together, they will put a hold on all new things coming into the home. Oh, okay. And so that can either solve the problem or it can really get them thinking that, oh, there might be something more going on here because I'm having a hard time holding up my end of the bargain. So there's the, this is a very complex problem. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you talked about grief in, in all of its forms. You talked about possible shopping addiction like tendencies, you know, so mm -hmm. it, there's these bigger issues that it sounds like there, you know, there's many levels at which you are, gently challenging someone to look a little bit more closely at. Yes. Yes. And that that's why I mentioned that everything's individualized and some people don't have any of these issues. They it's simply a matter of time and they recognize that having a professional come in and, you know, get things done in a timely fashion is going to be in their best interest. So, it's always different. It's one reason that in my industry, I am a little different in that I always do a free consultation mm. because I, I, I don't want anyone to not have the consultation. Um, I feel that they're so beneficial to figuring out the core of the problem. And also when you're hiring someone to work with you that closely, mm -hmm. you need in to, oh, yeah, yeah. You, I, I think if they meet me, they talk to me, um, it's always beneficial for both ends. So I can get a feel for them and they can get a feel for me. But um, it's yes, no, no two clients are the same. And where can people find you if they want to pursue a free consultation and get more information about your well, gosh, I did that way. well, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yes. No, that's funny. Um, actually, my website is www.conquerthechaos.com. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I recognized that I needed professional help was improving my website. So it is under a little bit of construction right now, but they can definitely contact me there. They can watch my TED Talk if they're interested and um, get more information. I'm also developing right now a separate speaker site to deal with um, talks and workshops and things like that. So that, that was my area where I realized I needed outside professional help. So, uh, but they can go to the website. It will be updated over the next few months pretty regularly, but all the information they need is there, contact information, links to social media, that type of stuff. 
And what is the name of your TED Talk? Clutter to Clarity. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> Lovely. Yes. That's That sounds like what everybody wants. Exactly. Yeah. I think our listeners are really going to appreciate some of the, you know, points that you've made about clearing the clutter and not having judgment and that this is a complicated process and it didn't happen overnight. Right. Um, and it would be so helpful to have someone just coach you through the process because some things you just can't do by yourself. Correct. Yes. I yeah. really appreciate your insight, Carrie, and I will go ahead and put Conquer the Chaos up on the show notes. Do you have any uh, last thoughts you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Um, just, just to go back to that one point, at everything in your life, whether it's actual stuff or the way you do things or habits, ask yourself those questions. Does this help me accomplish my work or enjoy my life? But mm -hmm. even write it down on a note card and have it on your desk. Mm -hmm. And um, just remember those two things. That's what we want to work towards is effective work and an enjoyable life. Yeah, that sounds great. It's great to have a filter like that to, mm -hmm. to run things through. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I really enjoyed learning more about this process. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That's great. And I'll put all your links up. And um, uh, I hope that you get some people, some listeners asking you some good questions and, and having you help them through this. I think it's really, really important. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. Please subscribe comment, and rate me on iTunes. I love those five stars. Like and share. Those actions help other people find the show. And I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. Want more zest? Head over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash zestful aging, no spaces, where you can find my companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.